0: Tim Keller said in his book, Ministries of Mercy God's mercy comes to us without conditions, but does not proceed without our cooperation. That is an awesome sentence. God gives us mercy. There are no conditions in order as far as meriting the grace, the mercy that he gives to us, but there is an expectation that we need to respond to it. We must proceed. We must proceed forward by cooperating with what God is doing with us. And then Tim Keller continues to say, So too, our aid as we care for others must begin freely, regardless of the recipient's merits. But our mercy must increasingly demand change, or it it is not really love. That's from Tim Keller, Ministries of Mercy. We care for people freely We want to be intentional. We want to get into their lives and to serve them in whatever way that we can, but there is an expectation attached to that that you're going to change, and God's grace and His mercy comes to us in a similar way. It is a cooperative effort. You can do many things alone, but sanctification is not one of them. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. The title of this article on our website is, Knowing What to Do... But not doing it is a problem. You're welcome to read this podcast if you want. And as always, share it with 1,000 of your closest friends. We got in last night. Shortly after 11 p.m., we spent the weekend in Trenton, uh, Michigan. Uh, Also, a couple hours outside of Trenton, Michigan at Gulf Lake Conference Center. The first part of our trip was at Gulf Lake as we... Uh, led a marriage retreat for Community Bible Church, and then we uh, went to Trenton uh, to the church, the actual building, Community Bible, and we spent the rest of the weekend there. Three times at the marriage retreat, I did speak, and then three times at the church meeting on Sunday, I I spoke uh, the sermon, on, I, I preached the sermon on Sunday morning, and then they had Sunday school, and then after the Sunday school, they had an informational meeting where uh, a group of folks gathered to ask me about our mastermind training program our all online training program as well as what's involved in starting a counseling ministry in a local church it was all the meetings were great they were interactive and we met some new friends and uh, it was truly edifying, and then we uh, traveled to Lake Michigan, which was a couple of hours away, Holland, Michigan specifically, and we spent some time with some friends of ours uh, for, a, for about a day, stayed there overnight, and then we left there and then flew home last night. Thank you, uh, all of you good folks in at Community Bible Church in Trenton. Thank you for your encouragement, your kind words. Thank you for your tears. Thank you for your laughter. Rocky and Tony, it was so good to meet you and, and so many other wonderful people there. Paul, thank you for uh, spending time with me to uh, talk to me about singing and playing instruments and so forth. I'm looking forward to those CDs that you provided for us. Thank you so much for your generosity. And all the other good folks there, Ken and Larry, the pastors that served there and and many more. It was truly a joy to speak to you all. If there's any way that we can serve you, Community Bible, please reach out and let us know, and that also applies to the rest of you as well. We have a contact button in the bottom right of our website, and you can contact us. Sometimes it's live, and we're online, and you can ask us direct questions. But either way, if we're not there, you can leave a message, and we will definitely get it because it comes right to us. And so our desire is to serve you, and so you let us know. The title of the podcast and the article on the website, knowing what to do but not doing it is a problem. James said it this way in 417. He said, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. In the divine wisdom of God, he has, he has put part of the change responsibility on you and on me that we make the necessary adjustments so that we can glorify Him. For transformation to take place in a person, that person, that individual must be willing to change. Recently, I met with a couple and we began addressing some deep-seated problems that have been troubling their marriage for many years. After an hour of digging around, asking questions about their marriage, x-ray type questions, We got to some of the core issues. Their heads were down as they wrestled with the disappointments that had characterized their marriage for so long, and after a while, the wife lifted her head and she said this, This is nothing new. I have been saying these things for years. What was interesting about her comment was that I did not tell them one thing in over 60 minutes of examination, that they did not already know. Can I have a dollar <laughs> for every time I have heard that comment? I've heard it repeatedly in counseling situations. Rick, Rick, these are great reminders. These are things that we do know. And so her statement did not surprise me. That comment is. <laughs> quite normal in counseling. For those of you who have counseled for a while, you've heard it too. It is rare to tell a counselee something about their thinking or or something about their behavior that they do not already know. You know, children are this way as well. As they get older and they're able to process and and think about things, you have a teenager, for example, they know the right thing to do you know the right thing to do, because the truth is, is discipleship is not rocket science. Though we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are just not that overcomplicated. And so once the cat came out of the proverbial bag in my counseling office, there was really nothing else to do. It was decision time. Did they want to deal with what they already knew. Now it is kinda ironic, and I'm sure you have already intuited this. Why did they come to counseling in the first place if they already knew what to do? Well there are reasons for this and sometimes you can be you can truly be stuck and you know what to do, maybe in a conceptual a conceptual way, but you don't know what to do in the most practical way. You're just you can be just stuck. Now, I'm and and ignorantly stuck, and I'm and I'm using the word ignorantly in a, a kind way that you just don't know. But that's not what was going on with this couple, and that is not what is going on with many folks who are they come to you for help, it's almost like they're looking for a different kind of answer, maybe an easier path. And I've had that person hang their head down in a counseling office as well, they truly wanted a different path. They knew what they should do. They knew what the right thing to do. You'll also see this in pre counseling as well. When you begin to discover things or unpack things, maybe one of the lovers begins to realize that maybe this is not a good decision for me to make. Maybe I shouldn't do this. They already knew it, that I shouldn't marry this person, that there are problems in our relationship, but they, they press the, the metal to the floor, and they go ahead and they do it anyway, only to regret. There is something to having a sensitivity to the Spirit of God when God illuminates your mind as informed by God's word and, and you sense that this is truly the thing that you ought not to do, well, you ought not to do it. As Paul said in, in Romans fourteen twenty three that if you proceed in doubt, I'm paraphrasing here, it would be sin for you. You must proceed in faith. And though I did not tell this couple anything new, the next step that they should make confronted them. The success of their marriage depended on how they would respond. Were they going to take the personal and the practical and the necessary steps to change? God is a gracious and merciful God. He is long-suffering and kind to his children. His patience and kindness come to us not because we have earned it, but because he is good. And he enjoys showing favor on us, but we are not allowed to take that grace for granted. It's called presuming on God's grace. David said it this way in 1913 of of, Psalm, of, of the Psalm 19. He said, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, Let them not have dominion over me. Just because God is gracious to you, it would be foolish to presume on it. Teenager, if God is speaking to you now and you know what to do, do not take God's grace for granted. Respond to him at this moment. God's grace and his mercy comes to you freely but there is an expectation that you appropriate it to your life so that you can change you have a responsibility before god to change my friends came to counseling and they heard me tell them what they already knew about themselves now they needed to decide if if they were going to respond to the things that they heard perhaps you have been like this in your own life that that you were being unkind to someone, maybe a spouse, a parent, maybe a child, a friend. And as you were being unkind to them, God was pricking your heart, letting you know that you need to stop what you're doing right now. You know what to do. God's mercy came to you. He illuminated you, reminded you that you should not do this. What will you do? Will you put the brakes on your anger? Will you stop doing that to that person? Tim Keller got it right. He said, mercy must increasingly demand change or it is not love. Mercy requires a response. It is not freely given just for us to enjoy temporarily. Mercy is extended as, as kindness from God so that we can progressively change into the image of Christ. There was nothing else for this couple to do. The husband and wife knew the truth by their own admission. It was redundant to them. By the way, I'm not offended. I'm never offended when someone tells me that you've never told me anything. You haven't told me anything that I haven't already, that I did not already know. That's not offensive to me. And by the way, I, I expect them, whether they say that or not, I expect them to know what I am telling them. I may repackage it or restate it, say it in another way, but I anticipate them already knowing it, especially if they are Christians and have been Christians for a while. Now it was the time for them to change. Paul talked about this in Ephesians 4, 30 and following. He said this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. The title of this podcast is Knowing What to Do, But Not Doing It Is a Problem. I was sharing the quote from Tim Keller. God's mercy comes to us without conditions, but does not proceed without our cooperation. Here's your call to action. I have a few questions for you. And if I didn't say it in the beginning, this is a shorter podcast that I'm providing for you today. Praise God. It's only 15 minutes long. Question number one. What is one thing that God has identified in your life that you need to cooperate with him by changing? Take some time. Think about it. Uh, speaking of teenagers in love or young people in love, I there have been situations where uh, one of the lovers, they pause as they begin to reflect upon their relationship and and rather than proceeding, they knew that they needed to change and they called off the uh, called off the relationship. That is a beautiful thing. Number two, list it, list at least two other specific things in your life that you need to work on regarding your sanctification. Number three, ask a friend to help you apply God's empowering grace in your life so you can change. And then finally, number four, if you know you need to change something but are unsure of the right steps or the proper diagnosis of the problem, I want you to ask us. It would be our joy to serve you. Jump on our free forums and share with us what's going on, and we will respond to you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast.